You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, everyone. So you may have noticed that we've taken a bit of a break from our regularly scheduled programming. Don't worry, I'll be back with new stories around the globe starting on September 21st. That said, if you follow the Black Expat on social media, you may know that we recently launched a new series on our YouTube channel called The Roaming Pro. This is where I discuss one of my favorite topics, career. It's one of the things that I get some of the most common expat-related questions, which works really well when you're a career strategist. This week, I recently spoke with educator extraordinaire Kevin Simpson, who is the founder of KDSL Global, as well as the Association of International Educators and Leaders of Color, which, by the way, is an amazing organization. If you happen to work in international schools or international higher ed and have a strong interest in equity, inclusion, and justice, ALOC is definitely the group to join. In this episode, we discuss how he leveraged his extensive background as an educator and a teacher, and basically how he used that knowledge to launch his own internationally focused consulting business. And more importantly, most of this episode is really dedicated to the practical advice he has for other educators on how to become expat entrepreneurs. So once you take a listen, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you can find at The Black Expat Presents to stay connected to upcoming live and recorded events. Awesome. You know, I'm gonna just keep talking about Ed till you show up. So like, it's all good. <laughs> I was like, we gonna make this happen. We, we are gonna make this, I don't care. I'll, look, I'll talk about my job until something <laughs> happens. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Kevin Simpson, who I feel like I've known for 15 years, but it's really been two. He is the dude behind KDSL Global, as well as the Association of International Educators and Leaders of Color, which I, I and I'm going to say this off the bat, if you are not a part of this organization, and it really doesn't matter your background, I think that this is one of the most dynamic organizations I've seen talking about diversity, inclusion, equity, justice, and belonging, because these letters keep getting added, right, depending on who you are. But 
talking about it specifically in the international education space. So if you don't know about ALOC, if you miss nothing else that we talk about, that, that's who you need to follow. And I will drop it in the show notes because I learned stuff and I've been in ed for almost 20 years at this point, And I am just, I am moved by the people who are in there and the stuff that they do. And so kudos to you. I just want to give you your props because like you were doing it before it was a thing to be done. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, uh, it's good to connect with you, too, and just to find a black expat, because I think that was always, you know, in traveling and then going overseas as an international school teacher and yeah. then setting up a company, you know, is looking for people who look like me, you know, and finding people who look like right. me. It's always my thing. Not, like, not and then you, like a- I know. Then when I did find my people, it's like, what's up? How you doing? Where are you from? Like, just want to clutch and, and stay, stay away. Where, where, like, where, where are we hanging out? Like, you yeah, know, no, no matter where they were from. No, I totally understand. And so I'm, I love talking to you, educator to educator, because I know that your space predominantly, not only, but predominantly K-12, my, my space in education in the last six, seven years has been higher ed. And so I love the fact that even when we have conversations, we're both looking at it internationally from two different perspectives, but we have a lot of commonalities. And so one of the things I, I wanted to just kind of ask you off the bat was like, what for you, what is an educational expat entrepreneur? Obviously, we know those words individually, but how has that worked out for you? Definitely. So I think, you know, for me, I always looked at it as how to engage. Like when I, I think back to 2007, when I came back from Vientian Lao. Yeah. And that experience, you know, I didn't want that to end. You know, I knew at some point, I sort of figured I'm going to go back overseas in some capacity, whether it was a teacher or leadership or, or something. But I came back with this whole mindset of I want to work in education around the world. Yeah. You know, and then it became, OK, what does that look like? Who's doing it? I was back in Washington, D.C. So yeah. Washington, D.C. has lots of international organizations, lots of international education organizations. So it really was trying to find you know, find people who look like me, people who are doing this work, um, those who I can connect with. And for me, it was how to look at it um, through the lens of creating something new that didn't exist. So having that, you know, how do I switch from that teacher mindset that I had into Mm -hmm. sort of like this entrepreneurship mindset? So trying to create um, what will become a business, um, but but in the end, still having, you know, people at the center, still wanting to make a difference, still wanting to have an impact. Um, so for me, it's that combination of still working in education, sort of in a, yeah. from early years, even on up to higher ed, you know, because, again, I had that K to 12 mindset. So even yeah. how to expand education beyond what I thought and what I knew it to be, um, even into like creative spaces, you know, folks yeah. who are doing Pecha Kucha, TEDx. I mean, because yeah. that was the, the, the great thing about Dubai is being around yeah. an enormous amount of people from all over the world who, you know, when we say education, people have this one way of thinking but even redefining what that meant. Um, And so I think for me, I think that was the real sort of piece that really was the opener for me. It was like how to redefine education um, beyond what I knew it to be. Um, And again, how to create something that didn't exist. So Mm -hmm. being being able to take that risk and being in a place in the land, United Arab Emirates, um, that I had lived before, but, you know, thought, hey, I might want to go back here because I do see the opportunities. I see how they're trying, they're encouraging expatriates to create businesses. You know, and I think that was a piece of it, too. So this is around KDSL Global, correct? So before Uh ALOC was. So what what was your focus and what is the focus of KDSL? Like, what do you what do you try to do? 
Definitely. So when I first started in the U.S. side, so that was like 2007. Again, it was, again, going back to that premise of I want to work in education around the world. So finding organizations and groups like D.C. had a new startup, One World Education. They were doing phenomenal work. And Eric and I still talk. And this is like 14 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, trying to find a niche for wanting to um, sort of like promote and make folks aware of global education, what was on offer. And um, I think that was sort of like that, again, trying to figure out who I was, who I wanted to be. Um, how do I find organizations and people who could sort of help shift and sort of push me forward? And so at that point, it was just sort of like working locally. So my big thing was, like, okay, work locally, but find these organizations who are doing this international education and focus on global education type of work. But at, you know, again, at some time, it's like, I can, but I want to go back overseas. So within me was that bug of like, okay, this is great to be in D.C. and the U.S. doing this work. But clearly, I'm saying something that a lot of people either weren't familiar with. So, again, trying to find people and organizations, State Department and others that were doing the work. And so it took, you know, shifting back overseas. And so sort so of KDSL Global sort of shifted from sort of working globally to then from like 2007 to about 2010 to going back to uh, Dubai, United Arab Emirates and setting up with the focus on um, just leading, learning and focusing on education and businesses uh, globally. So I sort of shifted from school in the K to 12 sense into how do you collaborate and work with just sort of anyone in education, you know, again, from that non-traditional stance. So it could be from a, a nonprofit to mm-hmm. someone who's looking to start up, you know, coaching other entrepreneurs who are looking to do um, work to working on new school startup projects, mm-hmm. um, to even when we say learning, again, learning beyond the, the borders and beyond the scope and the space of K to 12. So for those who are listening in, did you, you obviously launched and had launched in the States. Were you also, when you went back to the UAE, were you also teaching or was this your 100% gig that you were doing? Great question. So the first time I went, 2008 to 2010, I was an international school teacher. It's part of a um, startup school. So mm-hmm. then when I went back in 20, yeah, it was like the latter part, latter part of 2010 mm-hmm. um, on in 2011, it was like as a freelance consultant. And so I was sort of splitting time. I was going D.C., Dubai, because I still had work in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then the I freelanced for a lot around the Middle East, North Africa region. So I freelanced for almost over a year wow. and then set up the company in 2013. Okay. And then did you come back to the States or were you still in the United Arab Emirates? Still in the UAE, so still in the United Arab Emirates. So it was mm-hmm. there 2013 to 20, what was it, 2013 to 2017. Wow. And then I virtually managed the company. So a lot of people wow. thought I was still there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people thought I was yeah. still there. And I was virtually managing everything from Chicago 2017 to like 2019. I know. Really 2020 because I, I really see him. I didn't even realize you were there that long. I'm asking you questions <laughs> offline. <laughs> Not for the people. Sorry. Right. I didn't realize you were there that long. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then obviously KDSL still is in existence, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You're still, obviously, I know that I'm saying yeah. this right, right. Okay. Yeah. So for folks who are listening in then, what is it, obviously from your teaching background and from the things that you saw were needs, and obviously you are a big doer by the things that you launch. What is it that at the end of the day, based on your skill set, you don't have to tell me dollar man. So what is it that people pay for? So what are they getting from you? So, so that those who are educators can figure out, hey, I can also make money doing this. So what is it that they were getting from you? And what was it that clients were demanding? I think when I first went, so the, the getting started, the freelance consultancy work was really schools who the focus was really on learning. And I kept saying that was, you know, from the, the board to the owner of the school, to the leadership team, to the teachers, even to the scholars and the families. 
the real hone in, the thing I honed in on was and focused in on was learning. Um, and so looking at their learning. So when it came from professional development stance, so how are schools, and then when I say schools, most of these were American curriculum schools. So yeah. I said, let me do, you know, focus on my niche. And at that point, I had already did a lot in the U.S. I was doing stuff around common core training. Mm-hmm. And so schools were transitioning to that. And so it was almost like I, I moved back at a time when schools like we need support. And so I was setting up a lot of just like workshops, individual schools, clusters of schools, which turn into conferences, institutes based on what they said they needed. Again, all around learning, like they needed these things. But then I also saw like on the new school, uh, new school startup side, there were a lot of American curriculum schools that were starting up. But then there was some that had been in existence, um, and this is throughout the region, that needed support just around school improvement. So accreditation, again, ongoing training. So it was almost like whatever they were saying they needed, that's where I would step in. And it was became like if I didn't have it, if I didn't have that background, then it was like, let me reach out to folks I knew in the States. They can virtually support via webinars or they can come out to conferences. I could bring them out for conferences or if a school really wanted sort of school based learning. So it became like this growth of a just a network. It was like, oh, you need support with science. Let me go talk to Dr. Craig Gaper. He's one of the writers for the NGSS standards. So it just it sort of grew into this whole and metamorphed into this. Um, as folks said, I need this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go to KDSL Global because they'll they'll do it. They'll make sure we have access to it. They'll make sure it's high quality. So a lot of times it's around that new school startup, school improvement. And then, again, all things learning, professional development. And then on the te- either on the teacher side or the, the consultant start, the consultant side, a lot of it was just support. Like if someone's new and getting ready to start up um, as a consultant or mm-hmm. as a company, just the, the do's and the don'ts, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, things mm-hmm. to look out for or one access to like they see, oh, I see that, you know, KSL Global is connected to these organizations, these individuals. Let's link in with them because we were doing like ed, um, ed networking events, you know, in Dubai, constantly again, pre-COVID, constantly where, you know, we're bringing people together again wide range of scope of K, you know, from early years all the way up to higher ed to people who were interested in the market. People were visiting. We had people just pop in. I'm visiting Dubai, but I heard this event is going on. It's going on. I heard I had to be here. It was just, I mean, it's always like that. And so I think that was, um, you know, that was a lot of it. And again, just a love of just people interacting with people, finding out what they want to do, how they wanted to just enter into the space, whether it was they're from the UK, from the US, from Australia, you know, and just uh, they might have been new to either Dubai or to the region um, and just finding out what they wanted to do and how they wanted to make an impact. So I think that was a big piece. I always come back to people. That's bottom line, relationships and people. Did you have a given, you were obviously based in the Gulf and if, if, you, if you guys are listening who've never lived there, it is really a crossroads for a lot of places, right? Europe, Southeast Asia, Africa, um, depending, you know, those are probably the closest regions. Did you have a regional focus in terms of your client base or were you, and, and I know you are global and, and obviously in the people that you touch and you connect with are, that's a global audience, but did you say to yourself, okay, I'm actually going to focus on, you know, some people be like, I'm focusing on China or I'm focusing on the Gulf or I'm focusing on Sub-Saharan Africa or East Africa, wherever. What was your, what was your kind of motive or plan there? Yeah, a lot of it was just, it was, I think it was the more I traveled around. So mm-hmm. when I guess when I became the American curriculum guy with Pearson and mm-hmm. I got to travel around like Jordan, Lebanon, um, parts of Africa, Egypt and Nigeria, that's when I sort of saw like, wow, the the work and the scope of sort, sort of um, what's needed and where folks are and how a lot of systems just want to transform. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like just data, either like, you know, these international assessments are saying this or families are saying this or our government or whoever is saying this. So I think that was neat. So I, 
the focus for so long was on MENA, on the Middle East, North Africa. Because yeah. um, one, I was based there. Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot of traveling there. Um, became very familiar just with the culture and the people there. And it was home. You know what I mean? It, was, it just became home. It just became natural. And so it was like I was there, but I still had those connections back to the States. So that was always a thing. So it was, again, because there's folks that are like, oh, we need this, you know, out of the U.S. So my, I was always, when I was coming back home to D.C., I was linking back with orgs or groups or individuals that, again, would be, we were in some way, shape or form, bringing them back to schools, bringing them back to organizations to connect based on what they needed. And so what I'm hearing you say is basically you took your experiences as an educator and were able to market that and say, look, particularly to startup schools, although you didn't mention schools that have been more established and wanted to improve, you were able to say, look, y'all are starting up. These are the things that you need, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, yeah. and I, I don't want that to be lost because as someone who goes the higher ed route, and, and obviously there's some folks who are listening in and will listen in that I know that we talk about this. Man, there's so much work out there for like, for like people yeah. are, schools are getting started every day or they've been in existence and and where you may be especially and I, I don't want to be u.s centric but especially if you're coming u.s canada background right and and you're going to some places where they're just starting a university they're just starting a k-12 there's so much and i was talking earlier about the underdevelopment for example in student development and student affairs services right yeah. right because everyone thinks about we want to get the best teachers to teach math and science and english and whatever but then it's like the whole person as we know as educators has to be mm -hmm. supported so with that being said you basically said you took what you knew and you marketed it and that's how you got clients what are the challenges you have to consider if you're going to try and do your own consulting and coaching to institutions or organizations from an ed from the ed space. Yeah, definitely. I you know I always come back to that. You know when people approach me about coaching to be you know to start up a company or consult. You know some of those I think of what they what folks typically ask, and one of the things is how do you get paid? <laughs> you know how do you charge? People typically ask that, and so I always say it could be a challenge if someone is their mentality is so set on I get paid every 15th and 30th of the month. Like when people have that mentality, they are very set and used to that. I'm like, this is not mm -hmm. going to be it. You know, you might get paid one month, <laughs> you know, skip one or two. So it really becomes like, I mean, you have to be prepared. You have to um, be disciplined. So someone who can't, you know, create, make their own schedule, isn't open and, um, we talk about flexibility, being flexible, you know, to your clients where it's like, you know, you're trying to get a, a meeting with them and it's trans, you know, there's been multiple times. And so not being flexible, sort of, again, having a sort of this fixed mindset when it comes to what work should look like. And I say work because it's a little bit different. You know, it's not a, I'm clocking in and clocking out necessarily because, you know, sometimes I clock in. I clocked in this week at 4 a.m. <laughs> Because I had to give a talk in Milan at 11 a.m. their time. So it's like, again, when you're not able to be flexible, if you don't have, you have this mindset that's sort of fixed, it could be a challenge. Culture. You know, a lot of people, you know, they see it and they think, they think, ooh, Dubai. They think these places, ooh, London. But I'm like, you have to be willing to know and fully understand about the culture. You know, and that's one thing I would constantly say wherever I'm at is, before I even go there, 
you know, if I knew people from, like, I remember before I went and worked in Nigeria for three months, I knew Boomi out of DC. I'm gonna give her a shout out because she does a lot of great work around like uh, foreign service and making sure folks of color are aware of opportunities. But Boomi had family in Nigeria. Boomi was from Nigeria. So she linked me as well as there were, here's some books and here's some resources and things you should read on, you know, Nigeria to become familiar with before you go there. And so I think people who are closed minded to culture or want to bring their culture and their way of life and try mm-hmm. to, quote unquote, impose it on where they're at, that's going to be an issue in conflict. So again, I think the more people, because again, those are the things I think that definitely are challenges, you know, trying again, trying to impose culture, um, fixed mindset around certain things and just not being flexible. That Those are definitely going to be challenges. And I'm going to be honest, not being a people person, let's be real. Like I said, in this work <laughs> in education, I'm going to tell you like a man, and one thing I remember saying before to somebody, I can't teach you people skills. It's You either have it or you don't. If you can't connect and relate, and I would constantly say, but my marketing budget is built on people. You know, when I ask people, how did you find out about KDSL Global? How did y'all find out about ALA? Such and such told me, you know, they forwarded this to a person did it. There's a, there was a contact. There was an interaction between a person. So, you know, I always say it's very important that we take care of people. We take care of each other. You know, people have specific needs that we're, we're listening to them, you know, and responding to them. And again, I think that's something that we constantly, we constantly do. In right. Life. No, and I, and I, um, what's real funny is that even with ALOC is that I'm not even sure how, like, I think someone forwarded it to me. Like, I'm not even lying. Like, like, and I don't know who, it could have been one of 45 people, honestly. And they were like, do you know this organization? And after the eighth person, I'm like, yes, I do actually know now, know it. But you're right. I, you, what you are saying, I can back that up. And what I also hear from you is that before you even watch launched KDSL, it sounds like you'd already tested it out, meaning it was all, it already had a, so you, (laughs) because here's the thing, people get really excited and want to start stuff, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, but it needs to be grounded and it needs to be seen. Like you, you need to test it out to see if there's a need and you need to make sure that you're able to do it. And I think that if I'm hearing you correctly, before you moved to UAE the second time, you were, I'm assuming at this point, you were working and launching KDSL. Yeah. So that's yep. the, that's the part that I want people to hear is that yep. you did this in parallel to whatever mm-hmm. job you had at that time because yep. unless you are in a situation where you are financially able to just test stuff out without the job or you have a partner that's able to support you or something else, mm-hmm. it can be really hard yeah. doing these things in parallel. So I, I don't want people to hear like Annie moved to UAE. Right. And, and just did like that. that's not right. what happened. <laughs> that's it. And I'm glad you said that, that because that because that 2008, 2010 period, 2009, 2010, I was working on KDSL Global back then. So when I had a full time job, I was over there. Work, you know, I was in, living there, but it was like, you know, and I had a business partner. I had a business um, advisor, Alistair Ronha. Shout out to mm-hmm. him. They've been over there for a while. So he was giving me that advice on, you know, how to set up and everything. And it didn't even happen right then. I went back to D.C. because I wanted to actually test out the consultancy in D.C. because I had worked back in the U.S. before I came back over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, see, you just, in fact, I think, I don't want that to get missed. You actually just laid out the steps. Was mm-hmm. you were working, you identified a need while you were working. Then while you were working, you sought out what it would take to build it out. And then you decided to test it while you had a paycheck. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and then, exactly. And then, and, but you, and you, when you decide to test it out and go abroad, you went to an area that you were already familiar with i i cannot emphasize that enough and it's not even necessarily just in the ed space but i've had folks like i had a client 
who wanted to do something very esoteric and had never lived in any of the countries that she had suggested that she would like to move to, nor did she speak any of the national languages. And so the trouble with that is you just spoke about culture. You don't know the culture. You're looking at the needs from someone who's outside of the country mm-hmm. and then you don't have a network. Right. And then yeah. you're trying to figure out why this is all a struggle. It's already going to be a struggle because it's a business, but you just made it. Right. You, got, you know, you got to pick a lane with your struggles. It can't be, exactly. <laughs> it can't be, you have no money and you don't know the culture. Like you, I feel right. like you need to pick one. Like you either like, I'm trying to do something new and I have no money or I got money and I'm working, but I'm also like, I'm working and I'm trying to make it like you, you Right. You can't drive in five lanes. Pick the one right. struggle lane, stay in that struggle lane until you can get over. But until exactly. then. And so I, I, I think that that's super important because we often will gloss over and just be like, oh, and then he went to UAE and he got all these clients. And I know you had to build a network. And many of that was built on a network you had previously. Exactly. And people right. you knew. Yeah. I knew. Right. And people who were connecting me, you know, and then yeah. I think that's the big thing, too, is like when you said the networking, I learned that it was more and shout out to Rama Chikaki because she taught me it wasn't just about networking. It's not what I can take from people. It's like, what can I offer people? So it became Perfect. like more of like, how can I connect people? So when people shared, oh, I'm interested in this and I remembered that person. Oh, I remember Daria said this. Let me link her with this. So a lot of it was just connecting, connecting, you know, and then people would do the same. They're like, oh, I remember Kevin said he liked he enjoyed this. Let me connect him with, you know. So yeah. now I think and I look I'm looking at Carla. Carla's shouting you out on YouTube. She's like, that's <laughs> hey, what she's saying. She's like, what she's saying? Yeah, this is exactly it. Because like, you know, and people understand all it. Right. I think right. all of us who are running things are like, please speak, because people see the sexy. <laughs> They're like, oh, he all over. Oh, his social media, he doing all this. And I'm like, I also know as someone in the same boat. <laughs> That means he was up at 1 a.m. doing something you Thank weren't thinking you. about, checking all the right. websites, checking all clients, trying to market, trying to get funding, and 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 all. <laughs> right, the 12 to 14 hour days. I right. don't have to exactly. do anymore. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at folks going, y'all have no idea if you haven't tried how tired it is. Like, what are three key pieces of advice you would give for someone who's thinking about being an expat entrepreneur, expat ed entrepreneur? So, what is it that you're telling people? who are coming to you, how to do this as an educator. Definitely. And then I'm doing, I'm hosting actually a KDSL Global Ed Branding. I usually do it once a year. I'm uh, actually hosting it starting tomorrow. Yep. And it's for folks who are interested in either starting up as a consultant or scaling up their um, consulting business. Definitely number one, I, I start with this now because I think it's major and it sort of took me, I was doing it, but I was not as intentional, not as public, is give. Mm-hmm. I think people jump in and like, ooh, clients, ooh, contracts, ooh, money. And I'm like, nope, give. So have a social mission behind your Mm. work. Why do you exist? Who are you? Who do you want to be? Who do you want people to know you for? Um, And with that give, I think legacy. So like we set up our KSL Global Fellows Program. I had a call with them like seven stellar folks from Jordan to Nigeria, Ghana. We've set up this fellowship program. So give back, give back um, your talent, your skills right away. Whether you volunteer on a board, an advisory council, Make sure, number one, you give and do it. Be sincere about it. You know, and I love I still I'm serving on a couple boards and things like that. So I, I would always say, number one, have a social mission behind what you do, um, whether it's in education or in another field. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely number one is give. I said it before. Number two is relationships. Um, it, like I said, this is especially education. It's human centered. It's people centered. 
Um, so a lot of what you're going to do is connected to folks. So making sure you're on, um, you're listening fully, you are there. It's, you know, it's more about, to me, it's more about listening than it is responding, but showing up for people. And again, just again, trying to be available and be in there for them. So, and building that relationship, that rapport, because mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a, a group that I remember getting started in 2007 in DC, 14 years later, I'm on our board and I'm writing a chapter in a book for them. Mm-hmm. 14 years later, you know, and I thought about that. I'm like, wow, I've known Dr. Mason for 14 years. You know, we've stayed in contact. I would say number three, it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about before is, you know, know thy market. You know, mm-hmm. and when I say know thy market, you need to read, research history, the present, the future. And then going back to those lanes, again, being well-versed in, you know, all things culture and all things market. But again, being able to look ahead, being able to, mm-hmm. you know, make those predictions based on the patterns that you notice in terms of where, whatever, wherever the market is that you're in has been in the past where they are right now. And then be a part of that, you know, making those futuristic, being able to put out products and services that don't exist, that mm-hmm. people haven't heard of, testing that stuff out, you know? So I think those those are probably my big three. I um, I love what you say about culture because I think it's a dance too. You don't want to come in like, I'm Western or I'm American and this is what you need to do because, mm-hmm. and the reason I am shouting that out is because of the fact that you run ALOC which means that you have a very focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I know that even though we haven't talked about it as much, you are very sensitive to the cultures of which we're learning in and the cultures, the greater culture outside. And so I think one of the challenges sometimes with coaching too, is that if you're going to do this work, there is, and I'm thinking about this because it's fresh in my mind. I just did an interview that's going to come up on the podcast later on, this intersection of interculturalness and DEI work. And and mm-hmm. the person that I spoke with who's been doing this for a minute was like, people now just finally figured out that they're intersected, whereas right. some of us knew <laughs> from day one, you can't like you if you you gotta understand cross-cultural competency also very much inter aligns yep. with DEI work. And so mm-hmm. I think even what you're saying in terms of how you gave the example, you read books about Nigeria, you talk to folks who live there before there, you try to understand because as consultants too, we have we have our own perspectives, and especially if you don't look like the space you're going into, you yeah. got you you, <laughs> you you know we're thinking about gender, we're thinking about race, we're thinking about orientation, we're thinking about religion, we're just even thinking about ability, right, or even language, right? Yeah. And so it's not enough to say I'm the expert, but you got to be humble enough to say, but y'all are the expert in your culture. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we make that bridge? And yep. so. I want to agree into the end of our time, though, because I think it's just so important. Can you just give like a smidge about the work that ALOC does and what ALOC's about so people who are listening to this later on can know? Definitely. Like you said, ALOC is the short version. The long version is it's the Association of International Educators and Leaders of Color, founded in uh, 2017 as a Facebook affinity space. Still is mm-hmm. a Facebook affinity space for uh, black folks, indigenous folks, people of color who are working, serving, leading, learning around the world in the international school space mostly, but all the way higher ed, early years. Uh, we amplify the work of folks of color. Uh, we focus on learning, making sure that those that we learn from look like us. 
Um, Because there are still issues of like when we only have certain races and certain genders who are leading learning, what message are we sending? Um, Mm -hmm. Research, which we're beefing up this year. We have a new research team that's starting Um, again, researching topics that we care about. We want to know more about as it relates to us. And our biggie is advocacy, you know, advocating for individuals, organizations. And my big thing is I always said this, like I've created been creating tables for a while. So it's like if I don't if there's if that table looks a little dangerous or I'm going to go create my own. You know, so I think a lot of it has been making sure that the voice, um, the affirmation, acknowledgement of all different folks in international schools is is highlighted. It is honored. It's acknowledged. And so, you know, we do anything from black women, international schools, API, international schools, leadership. So we have a slew of different groups within our organization that are started by members. So the members drive this, you know, things that they don't. Again, they, that space to be creative and open when they don't see something proposing it. And create, and we help market and put it out there for them. Um, our conference is in November. Amanda was one of our speakers last year. Um, our website's www.aieloc.org to find out more. Like I said, can't try it out enough, and it's open to everyone. So I don't feel like everybody. You should, you should feel you gotta like you got to do the work, though. You yeah, gotta no, do the work, no, though. there's work. That's number so one. That's what I'm going to say, but don't feel oh, yeah. like oh, because you're not an ethnic minority or you're not part of yeah. a certain group. It does yep. not mean you can't be a part of it. it. Doesn't mean you can't be an ally. We and we all have to be allies to each other, right? So even if yep. I am, I might be a black woman, but then there are issues that are specifically affecting our folks who are AAPI that I need yep. to be an ally to. That's not my necessarily my story. So exactly. I would encourage you. Well, once again, we'll have it in the show notes. I'll have it wherever where where we drop this up. Um, but that being said, for the KDSL side, where can people find you? Definitely. Website, www.kdslglobal.com. Um, on Twitter, we sort of share because uh, ALOC is an affiliation of KDSL Global. So Twitter is at Global KDSL. Mm-hmm. Facebook, LinkedIn, you'll find KDSL Global. Okay. Once again, I'll have all those social medias up as well. Um, so, Or you could just follow us. And if you search all of our yeah. list, you will find him and his oh, people. Yeah. Oh my goodness, like yeah, Kevin, thank you so much um, for joining Definitely. our series. We totally focus on careers in this. Kevin is one of our expat coaches. If you want to work with him individually, if you go to blackexpat.com and you look up our coaching, he is one of our coaches. Reach out to him. He is worth the money, as you can see. And and hopefully, if you're an educator, he can definitely get you on the track just from his own experiences as well as his own big network. So Thank you again. We will be back at another Saturday, but otherwise y'all have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Amanda. You just heard an episode of the Global Chatter podcast, a project by the Black Expat. It's hosted by me, Amanda Bates, and it's edited by Stephanie Fuccio. To learn more about this podcast or to learn more about the Black Expat, visit theblackexpat.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.